Hello class, welcome to Faith School, where the Lord meets us and feeds our faith with His Word, quickens our spirit with His Spirit, shows us how to live, shows us how to please Him, shows us how to live an overcoming life. Let's pray and believe God that uh, the true teacher, the Holy Spirit, will give us what we need and we'll cooperate with Him properly. We saved you a seat right here in the front. Get your Bible, <clears throat> get something to take notes with, come on here and sit down with us, and uh, let the Holy Spirit change you. These are not just little information sessions. Uh, these are uh, us giving the Holy Spirit opportunity to work in us and bring us up from faith to faith. Father, we agree together. Uh, the, the class of faith school everywhere joining now, asking for utterance, asking for the anointing, asking for direction. Holy Spirit, you're our teacher. Open our eyes and hearts and minds. Answer questions. Give us direction. Show us. Help us to get our minds renewed to think in line with how the Father thinks. Think in line with the perfect, unchanging Word of God. And Lord, we give you the praise and thanks that will not be the same. We are changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the living God. And we purpose to be doers. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you would, look in Scripture with us. Again, we've been studying as you might imagine in faith school, we're studying faith, and we've been looking at Romans chapter 1, the 17th verse. Romans 1.17, we noticed, it said the righteousness of God is revealed, talking about in the, uh, the gospel, it's revealed from faith to faith. Everything God does is by faith. And all of his interaction with us is by faith. If you want to understand more of him and have a better understanding of the gospel, the first thing it takes is not study. It's not knowledge of the original languages. The first thing it takes is more faith. When you have more faith in reading the word, you get more out of it. When you... Uh, listen to teaching and preaching, in more faith you get more out of it. When you speak the word with more faith, it has more power. It has more effect. From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We learned in previous uh, classes that faith is not a theological position. Faith is not a group that you belong to, the faith bunch. Faith is not a movement that happened from X year to X year. Faith is how our Father God functions. It's how He has always operated and will always operate. 
And he has commanded us and directed us that we are to be imitators of him as his children. We're to imitate what he does. And uh, in so doing, we learn to live and function like he does. He doesn't function like most people on the planet, especially all those who know him. He doesn't function like they do. He doesn't walk by sight. He doesn't make his decisions based on sensory perception. He never becomes negative, ever. He, he never gets depressed. He never yields to fear and becomes defeated, ever. He always functions by life-giving, light, an uh, illumination, and overcoming faith. Well, there's no better way to live. There's no better way to function. So he's commanded us as his children, you live like I do. You function like I do, which is in faith every day. The just shall live by faith, Romans says. Galatians said it again, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews said it again, the just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. How do you walk by faith? A step at a time. We follow, Romans 4 says, in the steps of our father Abraham. How did he follow God? I mean, Abraham is held up as the preeminent example of living and walking by faith. How did he do it? He didn't know where God was taking him. He didn't know all the things God was going to require of him to believe and do. It just started by leave home and go where I tell you. He had to pack his bags and take a step, not knowing where he was going. But one step led to another, led to another, and got him in the place where God wanted him, got him around the people God wanted him, got him in the situations. And if you read the life of Abraham, it's just one miracle after another. And it's because he is following by faith. Now let's look at uh, Galatians. We, we ended, I believe, our last class session in Galatians 2. And still, talking about living by faith. Galatians 2 and 20. Galatians 2, 20. It says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Let's all say that today. Christ lives in me. Hallelujah. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, not talking about walking by the flesh, but in the body. We, we're not out of this body yet. I live this life by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then he went on to say, I do not frustrate the grace of God. We talked about how would you frustrate the grace of God? Well, it's obviously not living by faith. Not living by faith frustrates 
grace. We don't live by the law. We don't live by keeping rules of do and don't. The Spirit of God in a born-again believer causes him or her to know what's right in every situation or to know what's wrong, to know what to do and what not to do. Um, the answer to 10,000 questions every day is be led by the Spirit. Follow the unction and witness of the Spirit, the Spirit of grace. Now, uh, what is the grace of God? We talked about this. Grace is all that God has given. And He's given everything He's given as a free gift. Now that means undeserved, unearned, not earned, not merited, not deserved. Free gift. Just why did He give it to you? Not because you're so smart and you've done everything right and you're so amazing. He gave it to you because He loves you. That's it. Wanted you to have it. We, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. And yet, it belongs to us. We can have it. We can enjoy it. But what has been given by grace must be possessed by faith or it won't be enjoyed. Now, this, I think, is one of the biggest issues in being a Christian that many have not understood. I think so many good people, church-going people, people that believe in God, yet they go day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, not experiencing things that it is God's will for them to experience. And people have the idea, well, I, I've asked the Lord a thousand times to do it. I've asked for it. I've pled. I've begged. I've told him I'll try to do better, everything else. Why won't he do it? Why won't he do it? Well, there is a common misperception that it's all up to him. Grace is all that God has given not living by faith frustrates grace. What, what frustrates the giver? Those gifts not being received. Turn with me to 1 Timothy, please. Let's begin to change some things. Let our mind get renewed. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. They'll put it on the, on the board for us. You'll hear sayings in Christ, among Christian people and, and churches, but you've got you to examine every saying to see is it true. Just because a preacher said it doesn't make it true. Just because your mom or dad believed it all their life, even though they might be good people, doesn't make it true. And here's one. People say what we need to do is just let go and let God. This is a popular saying among Christians. Let go, we just need to let go and let God. What does that mean? Well, if you're talking about let go of your worry, 
let go of your anxiety and trust God? Yes, absolutely. But a lot of times people mean more than that. They, they mean something else. They mean quit trying to do anything and leave it up to God and let God, just let God. That's a problem. Because that's trying to make God responsible for our part. For the part he's assigned to us. There, there are prayers God can't answer. There are things that frustrate grace. We don't want to frustrate grace. Hmm? Not you, not me. So how do we keep from doing that? We become those who live by faith. Those who receive. All that God has given by grace will be available, but unenjoyed, unexperienced, not experienced, unless and until somebody with faith rises up and receives. Let go. Just quit, quit trying to do anything, people say. Quit, quit you, and just let God do it. Read the scripture, 1 Timothy. 612. What does it say? Fight. Everybody read it out loud with me. Fight, fight the good, the good fight, fight of faith. Does that sound like doing nothing? That you're doing nothing. No, there's some there's some fighting we got to do. Not fighting God. You couldn't win fighting God. And you don't need to. We don't have to try to twist God's arm to get him to do some good thing that we need. It was his idea. He's already bought and paid for it. He gave it to us. Grace has already provided everything. So what are you fighting? There's an enemy. There's an enemy. A devil and his cohorts that come to steal and to kill and destroy. And one of the primary areas that the enemy operates in is by bringing thoughts and by bringing feelings and trying to influence us to be negative and to doubt and to fear. Fight the good fight of faith. Does it say, let God, let God? No. Now, you know, this is faith school. Every school, every class has a textbook. And the textbook's the authority. And our Bible is our textbook. And we need to let it supersede everything we've ever heard, everything we've ever thought. No, when it comes to enjoying what God has for us, the enemy will try to talk you out of it. He, he will stand in between you, just like God gave his first covenant people, the promised land, even though he had given it to them, there were giants there. There were walled cities. There were iron chariots, huge soldiers. They had to fight. They had to get past the resistance to enjoy what God had given them. And 
You and I are in a similar situation. We're down here in this earth that's full of darkness, that's full of curse. The enemy's here. You start to believe God for something good, the enemy will not just sit on the side while you pick up everything that grace has given you. He'll resist you. He'll resist you at every hand. He'll try to talk you out of it. He'll try to wear you down and get you to get tired and, and give up and quit. But living by faith does not involve quitting. Living by faith does not include despairing and giving up. If every day when you open your eyes, you're saying, I'm a faith child of a faith God. I'm going to please God all day long, which means I'm going to function by faith all day long. I'm going to think faith. I'm going to talk faith. I'm going to walk faith. Hallelujah. And in so doing, you lay hold. Now that's very different from uh, letting God. Grace and faith. It's not all grace. That's not all faith. Grace is all that God has given. Faith is how we lay hold of it. Faith is how we receive it. Faith is how we're experiencing it. Faith's going to involve some fighting. Not fighting God, overcoming the enemy, trying to resist us, keep us out of it. Faith is going to involve some laying hold. Faith's going to involve some tenacity that you say, uh-uh, that's mine. I believe I receive it. I don't care what I see, what I feel, what I hear, what report says what. I believe that I have received. You've laid hold. You're not going to turn loose. You fight through every wrong thought and feeling. And you become what God made you to be, an overcomer. A triumphant one. Victorious one. One who sees results. One who gets prayers answered. One who receives material, financial needs met. One who receives healing in their bodies and for their children. One who receives success, promotions, advancement, blessing to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Let me, let me go further with this. We, we saw this in Romans 5, but let's look at it again. Romans 5, 2, Romans 5, 2 says, we have access by faith into grace. Ephesians 2, 8, if we'd put this up, I want to give you a couple of more scriptures here. Ephesians 2, 8, by grace you're saved through faith, but then if you go over to Ephesians 3, 12, Ephesians 3.12 says we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith. Did you hear that word access? We saw it in Romans. We see it again in Ephesians. Faith gives you access to what? Grace. 
Grace is all that God has provided. Many are still working on the giving part, trying to get God to give. God, you know, give me what I need uh, financially and materially. God, give me the strength I need. God, give me my healing. That's wrong praying. We, we said there are prayers that God can't answer. One of the prayers that he cannot answer is you asking him to do what he's already done. How can he answer that prayer? If he's already, it'd be like something you say, well, so-and-so's lost and they don't know the Lord. Uh, Lord, please save them. Lord, please save them. Please save What do you mean? Jesus has already gone to the cross. He already took their sins. He already paid the price. He's already raised from the dead. He doesn't need to do something to save them. You see what I'm saying? A lot of praying is wasted motion. I know it can be through ignorance, but trying to get God to do something that he's already done, he can't answer that prayer. How can he answer that prayer? He's already done it. The Bible tells us, Pray that the Lord would send laborers across their path. See, this is effective praying now. Pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Lord, send a laborer across their path. Open their eyes. We break the power of darkness over their mind. What, what are we doing? We, we want them to be brought into a situation where they will exercise some faith that will receive what grace has given them. God doesn't need to save them. He's already given Jesus for everybody in the world. So the Lord can't answer a, a prayer to do something that He's already done. And another prayer that He can't answer of trying to get Him to do what He told us to do. He can't, he can't answer the prayer. He's not going to change and adapt to human beings. He's not going to say, okay, I thought this was the best idea, but I see you're not going to go along with it and work with it, so just let's suspend what I wanted. We'll do it your way. No, because his way's best. His way's right. His way works. He doesn't, it would be biggest mistake for him to adapt to us. And he told us, our part is faith. Our part is laying hold. Our part is receiving. Grace has already given us all things that pertain unto life and to godliness. Faith has already blessed us with every blessing. In heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, faith has given us the new birth, righteousness, holiness, healing, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, all our financial needs met, peace, joy. When Jesus went to the cross, when he died, when he went to the heart of the earth, he said, it is finished. When he was raised from the dead, triumphant over everything and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, it indicated 
Grace has given us everything. Romans says, if God spared not his son, but he delivered him up for all of us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He has already given us everything we need. We must stop pleading with God to do for us what he's already done. And we must stop trying to get God to do our part. You know, uh, you've got to watch about this prayer. Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me. And we need help. But what do you mean by that? And what are you talking about? You know, if, uh, if I want a piano moved at the house and you come over and uh, I'm laying on the sofa drinking iced tea, and I said, would you help me move that piano? But I, st- I keep laying on the couch. Help me move that piano, please. But I don't get up. I'm not saying it right. What I'm saying is, would you move that piano for me? Help implies I'm going to do something. And I want your assistance to enable me to do what I'm doing. We've got to give God something to work with. When you say, help me, you can't just do nothing. When you say, Lord, bless me, you've got to give him something to bless, something to multiply. I mean, a million times zero is still zero. If you just put a point zero, 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 one, then you got something. But you've got to have something to multiply. He said we have access, Ephesians 3.12, we have access with confidence by the faith of him. Romans had said we have access by faith into this grace. Oh, friends, when your spirit gets this, it'll excite you. It'll stir you. When you realize, I don't need to beg God to heal me. I don't need to beg God to save people. I don't need to beg God to supply and meet my needs. I don't need to beg God for these things. I need to not just let God try to get him to do my part. I need to lay hold. Lay hold. Rise up and reach out by faith and say, if he thought enough of me and all of us to buy it, to suffer, to pay for it, to get it, and give it to me, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm taking it by faith. I believe that I receive. That word receive means take. I believe I take it now, not by what I see or feel, but by faith. And friends, when you start living by that, instead of by tradition and begging, You're going to experience victories in Jesus' name.